InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know. Here's your host, Chris Whitting. Minorities are underrepresented in top management, making up less than one-tenth of one percent of corporate leadership. What's behind this? InfoTrack's Taryn McCall talks with an African-American corporate manager and trainer for some answers. Taryn? Thanks, Chris. Our guest today on InfoTrack has some insights on what it takes for minority women to break through that glass ceiling. Sylvia Henderson is a consultant, motivational speaker, and author of Why You Talk So White, Eliminate the Behaviors That Sabotage Your Success. Welcome to InfoTrack, Ms. Henderson. Well, thank you. I'm honored to be here. You document certain behaviors of minority women and minorities in general that can hinder their careers. What are some examples? A uh, primary example is communication, language skills, how you present yourself, which I consider communication also, communicating non-verbally. So communication is a primary behavior that both inhibits progress as well as doing it well is the primary promoter. And the subject of language, why is there a cultural stigma in the black community about speaking white? My experience is that the stigma stems from our roots from slavery, where the African culture was taken from Africans once they were imported to the USA, and not only their language, but their religious practices, all clothing, norms, and behaviors. The slaves were stripped of themselves and taught to assimilate into the white culture that owned them. Now, forward how many years since slavery, but still there is that stigma that says if we try to, quote, talk white or act white, which are the things that I constantly heard as a child, then we are somehow losing our culture, whatever that means. At this point in time, however, there are 39.7 million African Americans in the country, and so when we try to claim our culture, I dare say there's 39 million ways of figuring out what our culture is. (laughs) Plus, I would guess that every ethnic community or even social subsets of the larger Caucasian community have their own lingos and dialects and communications patterns. And one learns to turn those patterns off and snap into professional language for career occasions. Is this a bigger obstacle for minority groups? Oh, bingo. You just hit exactly the message that I communicate and that I teach, that one should, regardless of their ethnicity or the socioeconomic background or even region of the country. I mean, you can be white and a New Yorker with a heavy accent. And if you're going to do business in mid-America, you need to learn to modify that accent and understand the culture of the people that you're going to do business with. It transcends race and ethnicity. But as far as being able to speak two languages, be bilingual in American English even, it seems, again, that losing who you are does seem to be a bigger issue in the African-American community, again, in my experience. I don't know other ethnicities. So how does this individual work on improving their own chances for success without risking ostracism from the larger group? Study people who are doing it now. We have plenty of media examples. Look at the evening news. Look at people who are being interviewed in many different aspects of life and see how they talk and how they present themselves. I say TV because that's the most prevalent media we have right now, and it's free. Newscasters are perfect examples of how we should speak, how we should look, and adapt those practices for yourself. 
that's the easiest way, I'd say, to learn how to be. Other ways I advise, look at business people or people in any profession to which you want to aspire and see how the people who you think are successful, see how they act and see how they speak. Adopt those practices. Needless to say, there are plenty of resources in libraries, online, audio, video that cover proper English and proper grammar that talk about dress for success and all those other aspects of looking like you're a success and sounding like you're a success, which then leads to the probability of <laughs> further success. It's really a simple matter in removing any value judgments, just stating the facts. If the language of business and success is the language of white Anglo-Saxons, at least in this culture, what's the harm in speaking that language to achieve your own personal success? You can leave it at the office, so to speak. You're hitting it exactly. That's what I tell people. Be bilingual. I say speak the language of the street, small t and small s, which is, you know, wherever you're from. It doesn't necessarily mean inner city, but the language of your family, of your social group, but then learn to speak the language of the street, capital T, capital S, which is Wall Street, or whatever business you're in, when you take it to the office. What would you suggest to a minority job candidate? What should he or she pay particular attention to during the interview process? The first thing people see are the nonverbals. So they see your manner of dress, and this is even in interviewing for a job in a casual work environment. I come from a technology environment where three colors of hair and studs everywhere they shouldn't be were the norm at some point in time. But when I interviewed there, believe me, I was wearing a business suit and carried an air, carried a presence of being self-assured and a more formal business presence. And that's the exact same advice I give to others. First, you have to make the impression. And first, you have to be accepted and hired. Then you can adjust to the norms of that environment. Make sure you're well-groomed. Your hair is neat. I don't care how long. It could be in dreadlocks. It could be in a ponytail. It should be neat and clean. Clothes clean, clothes pressed, shoes neat. Remove piercings, you know, other than your ears, above the neck, <laughs> at least for the interview. Now, that's just the physical appearance when you walk into the room. The next most important nonverbal is the handshake. And women have traditionally, and we're getting better at it now, but traditionally, women were not taught to shake hands, especially with the opposite gender. And this is a skill that everyone, regardless of who you are, needs to learn. Shake hands with a nice, firm, dry, you know, not limp <laughs> handshake. And that communicates nonverbally an amazing amount of information to an interviewer. Self-assurance. How do you feel when somebody gives you a wet, limpy handshake? So that's not the impression you want to give to someone else. Then comes time to open your mouth. <laughs> and that's where having some semblance of language skills, and even if you have to affect your speaking, exaggerate speaking well. Again, to make that first impression. Because first impressions are made in the first, some people say three seconds, some people say ten seconds. They're made right away. Does that process work in reverse? Because there was a whole subset of white teenage culture that was trying to mimic black patterns of speech and dress. Does the culture kind of mitigate against those white kids? In this day and age, without getting all hung up on race, in this day and age, if you took, I'd say, a young white male who happened to be listening to rap music, he would most likely be accepted without a whole lot of hassle far more easily than a black kid who did his best to come across well. And that's just the world still. You know, and I'm not placing excuses or anything on anybody. That just seems to still be the world. 
it is kind of funny to me to listen to, I'll hear boom, 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 and all kinds of obnoxious rap music in a car. And, you know, my mind immediately goes to, oh, my gosh, there's a car full of black kids, you know, coming around the bend. And I look, <laughs> and there's about five or six, you know, of my suburban white neighbors down the street. Right. <laughs> and I think, well, my mind just went to the generalization. Imagine what everybody else's minds go to. And I'm doing my best to try to teach everyone, you know, one person at a time. Let's stop the excuses and start realizing that there are things that create first impressions. Get over it, learn them, and do them if you want to succeed. We're speaking with Sylvia Henderson, author of Why You Talk So White. Where can the book be found, Sylvia? The book can be found at Amazon.com, as well as my own website, which has a lot of extra links around the topic of professionalism and employability skills and work ethics. And that's the book title, WhyYouTalkSoWhite.com. Thanks so much for being with us today on InfoTrack. Thanks a lot. I'm Taryn McCall for InfoTrack. Next, wondering why your gas gauge keeps dropping so fast? The surprising answer from a top expert coming up. Don't go away. InfoTrack will be back right after this. 